evening. Great to have you here. Welcome to Calvary. I first met our guest speaker tonight. I met him in Israel. I met him in Galilee about 20 years ago when he was guiding uh, one of our groups when I shared a tour with Chuck Smith. And I was immediately struck by not only his spiritual fervor and his commitment to Yeshua, to Christ, but also his intellect. And I knew he was a capable um, young man uh, at the time and still is a young man in comparison to myself. Um, but uh, Amir is someone that I mentioned uh, several weeks ago, even a couple months ago, when I said, I have somebody coming who's going to help frame and help you understand what is currently happening in the Middle East, especially with um, several weeks ago, months ago, the rocket fire that was um, uh, hemorrhaging into Israel daily from the Palestinian territories. And um, fortunately, we have somebody who lives in Israel, he's in the neighborhood, and he can help us understand, especially from a, a Hebrew biblical perspective, what is going on prophetically. So we are blessed in Albuquerque to have Amir Sarfati. Would you please welcome him to the platform? Is he... Thank you. Standing up. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Before my head will get too big, <laughs> and I won't be able to get into my house again. Because only in your house, you know who you really are. <laughs> what a wonderful opportunity to be with you all this evening. Um, I've never been to this part of New Mexico. The only part I, I, I visited was Raton, New Mexico. There you go. It was a quick visit from Colorado, just for a, a speaking uh, engagement seven years ago and then back to Colorado. But this time I landed in Albuquerque and I'm so glad. <clears throat> you know, uh, it seems to all of us I bet that our world already reached its peak, and now it's on its way down, and it's picking up speed. We see countries collapsing one after the other. We see governments that are unable to function. We see people that don't trust their government anymore. We see uh, economies collapsing. We see um, civil unrest in so many parts of the world. And not all of this, not all of this had to do with COVID. The things that went on in South Africa not long ago had nothing to do with that. And, and so other things that are happening in Iran right now it has to do with the oppression of uh, the Arab minority in Iran and that they are uprising right now. And now the rest of the country is protesting against this uh, regime, evil regime. Uh, we see uh, wars in, in, in the rest of the Middle East. We see wars going on also elsewhere around the world. This world is on its way down, but we're still here. And as long as we are here, there is a reason, and we're here also for a season, and we need to occupy until we're out of here. So don't get caught up with all the bad things that are happening and get into severe depression 
as if this is it. No, we have a much greater hope. This is not our home anymore. You know that. We have our heavenly citizenship. We are now ambassadors right here. On behalf of Christ, we're here. And when he is going to wage war on this world, the ambassadors normally are being called back home, as you all know. So we... Hello? So... I need you to all to understand this is not it for us. Now, I truly believe that we live in the very end. As John said, this, this is the last hour. And I also truly believe that the signs are all around us. But I also believe that we need to be very, very careful in how we divide the word. We need to rightly divide the word because we often see that all that is going on around us leads to sensationalism, that leads to fear, anxiety, and also wrong interpretation of the scriptures, and unfortunately cause quite a few people to walk away from faith. And so the theme or the topic of this evening is, has the tribulation begun? And uh, believe it or not, but... Uh, Christianity is divided to those who believe that the tribulation is uh, not even something that is going to happen, uh, and those who believe that the tribulation is going to happen and maybe even had begun, but it is for us, the church. And uh, both are wrong because the Bible is very clear about it. Now, to say that everything is great? No, of course not. Uh, our nightmare... Uh, current nightmare had begun, of course, in December of 2019, the end of December and into January and February. We all know that this COVID-19, that's why it's called COVID-19. It started at the end of 2019. And, um, and then, of course, um, we can clearly see that we're not out of it yet, uh, different variants and different things, but we still live under that big cloud. We see uh, global lockdowns all around the world. Sometimes, for most times, it's even not for the right reason. We see uh, estimated of 4 million deaths around the world, most of them, by the way, in Brazil and in India, other places. So, uh, you know, a lot of places uh, got hit. Weaponization and division in the church we see. We've ne I've never seen the church so divided in my entire life. Never, ever seen families so divided. Never seen friends that are no longer talking to each other as I see right now. The enemy has successfully breached the church, our families, and our friendships through COVID-19. And uh, we all know that uh, in America, after May 25th, 2020, after the death of uh, George Floyd, riots began all throughout U.S. cities and, of course, in different countries. I mean, it's not, it didn't stay only here. It, 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 it continued to the UK and to other places around the world. And that nonsense continues. As, uh, if that's not enough, on April 14th, Iran announced this year the plan to enrich uranium to 60%. Now they want to up it to 90%. So we have a, a, a jihadist country that is weeks from becoming a nuclear 
uh, country. Weeks, not even months. That's not enough. We just heard on May 10th, Israel was attacked for nearly two weeks by the terrorists in Gaza, by Hamas and the Islamic Jihad with thousands of thousands of rockets. 10% of their rockets fell on themselves, just so you know. <laughs> and, uh, the other, and from the other 90%, 90% of the 90% were actually shot down by the Israeli system Iron Dome. And uh, they say, the rumor is, and because we heard it before, that Hamas is angry with the God of Israel because he diverts the rockets from hitting Israel. <laughs> Their God diverts the rockets from hitting. Well, and if that's not enough, Christianity continues to be the most persecuted faith in the world, even more so today. Hardly any Christian is left in Gaza today. Hardly any Christian is able to, uh, to function the right way in countries such as Afghanistan and Iran and uh, in Pakistan and other places. Uh, they're heavily persecuted, even in Indonesia, even in Malaysia. And, and these are the largest Muslim countries on planet Earth. And uh, so we're watching our world falling apart, literally. And yet, we must remember that the question, has the tribulation begun, maybe is a legitimate one because uh, we see terrible things happening all around us. But is this exactly what Jesus meant when he uh, explained what the tribulation is going to be all about and who the tribulation is going to be uh, uh, for? It's very interesting because people often mix troubles and tribulations. They often think that, you know, any big trouble can be a legitimate beginning of the tribulation. And that is, of course, not true. Trouble is a difficulty or problems. Anyone has no problems here? No difficulties in life? Anyone is perfect here? Just, okay, good. And this state of being problem-free and difficulty-free, did you enjoy it before? Or were you always, since you were born, encountering difficulties and problems? You see, not everything is tribulation. We must be very careful. There are wars, and there are rumors of wars, all around the world today. By the way, now more than ever before. I want you to know that uh, U.S. forces are under great threat right now as we speak in Iraq. They're very angry at the meeting that uh, President, uh, your 46th president, had with uh, the Iraqi prime minister. I don't say names because... Uh, <laughs> um, we can clearly see that... Uh, the difference between the 45th and the 46th is staggering. And I, we know that, by the way, I'm not a political figure. I'm not promoting any political party. I am an Israeli. I don't vote here. <laughs> Actually, I, I, I'm sure I could if I wanted. <laughs> but never mind. <laughs> okay. I don't want to. But we, uh, pe uh, let's. The Rio Grande, okay, listen, it's right here, no? Look, 
Even pandemics are nothing new. Even coronavirus is nothing new. Just so you know, this virus has been there for a long time. Pandemics were there. Somebody lived throughout the polio uh, time. Anyone here? If you know, during the polio pandemic, officials in New York City, were, social workers would, would break into houses and take kids away from their parents. Did you know that? Of course, if Facebook would have existed then, <laughs> protests would be all over. But it didn't, and nobody protested the way people protested. It was, what I'm trying to say is put things in the right perspective. Violation of, of liberties and freedoms were there forever. Just so you know, pandemics are just one of many things that Jesus himself characterized the ancient, the old time, the, me, the last days with. Jesus said in Matthew 24, he answered the disciples that asked for the signs of the end, and he says, Take heed that no one deceives you. And I, I'm amazed because he's basically saying, Look, regarding the end times, there will be so much deception. So take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name saying, I'm the Christ and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled. Hello? See that you are not troubled. And then he continues and he says this. He says, for all these things, what? Let's say that word again. Must. Now why is he saying must? Why? Because we are humans. We're really weak creatures. Look at us. We can barely understand what tomorrow will bring. God is above time. God saw everything already. So when he's telling us things must happen, you know why he's telling us that? Because he already know it happened. We are not there for them to happen. He saw it happening. So he's not suggesting that it could be, maybe, he's saying it must happen. So it's not open for negotiation. If things must happen, they will happen, whether you like it or not. And by the way, nobody's asking you. <laughs> and look what he says. He says, for nation will rise against nation. By the way, in the Greek, ethnos against ethnos, ethnic groups. It's not necessarily nationalities. Within one country, ethnic groups will fight. That's what you see in Iran. That's what you see in Iraq. That's what you see in Syria. That's what you see in Libya. That's what you see in Lebanon right now. The whole Middle East is about ethnic groups versus ethnic groups. And then he says, and kingdom against kingdom, empires. I mean, China, America, Russia. You're talking about big, big countries. Uh, and then you said there will be famines and pestilences. I mean, pandemics and illnesses and diseases and earthquakes in various places and, and floods and, and flash floods. Have you seen what happened in Germany, in Belgium, Netherlands in the last few weeks? It's unprecedented. And look what he says. All these are the beginning of sorrow. By the way, tribulation is a cause of great trouble of suffering. Not, even the word tribulation not necessarily talks about the tribulation that Jesus is talking about. Now we must differentiate tribulations from the great tribulation that the Bible is talking about. And Israel is the key. Israel is the key. Why? Because the promise or the, the prophecy regarding that seven years period was not given to you. 
It wasn't given to the nations or to the Gentiles. It was given by the archangel to Daniel regarding Israel. Regarding the nation of Israel and the city of Jerusalem. Daniel says, 70 weeks are determined what? For The angel is telling Daniel, for your people and for your holy city to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness. You see, there are great things that will come at the end of this tribulation. This is not for nothing. It's not just to hurt the world, to destroy the world. No, God always has in mind something much greater for us. And then he says, to seal up vision and prophecy and to anoint the most holy. It's amazing. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the command to restore and build Jerusalem, not Salt Lake City. <laughs> until Messiah the Prince. Prince is a very important thing, but Messiah the Prince is not the Antichrist. Messiah the Prince is the Christ. The Mashiach. And he says, until he will come, there will be seven weeks and 62 weeks. Seven weeks for that temple in Jerusalem to be rebuilt. And 62 more weeks for it to happen that he enters into it. Ladies and gentlemen, weeks in the prophecy that Daniel was received from the archangel and then later on gave to all of us is a period of seven biblical years. And, and it's amazing because here we see the exact number of years that have to pass from the moment the decree to build Jerusalem was given to the moment the Messiah will enter Jerusalem. And it's 69 weeks. 69 times 7 times 360 days because it's the lunar year. That's, I don't know, you guys change everything. Um, <laughs> Six, listen, it's 173,880 days to the day from the moment the decree was given by Artaxerxes all the way to the entrance of Jesus riding the donkey, fulfilling the prophet Zechariah's prophecy to the day. It's 173,880 days. 69. And then he says, and there will be another week. He says, after the 62 weeks, that pass from the first seven. He says, Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. In other words, he will enter into the city, not to reign, but to actually have an atoning death. Why atoning death? Because he's not dying for himself. He didn't do anything that deserved death. Not for himself. And the people of the prince, that's a different prince, who is to come. In other words, Daniel says, look, Jesus had to come, Jerusalem has to be destroyed after he's, de he's dead, and the temple has to be gone. And in the future, from the same area where the Roman Empire came to destroy the temple and the city, that people, that prince, the people who is to come to, shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. The end of it shall be with a flood until the end of that war, desolation is determined. Then he... That prince of that big empire, a leader of a future Roman empire, he shall, future tense, he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week. In other words, Daniel said about Israel and about Jerusalem 
The seven years that are still in the future are all about Israel and about Jerusalem. That's what it's all about. And I always tell people, the tribulation is for Israel's salvation. That will probably be the only thing that will lead to their salvation. Daniel says, in the middle of the week, he shall bring an end to sacrifice and offering. In other words, it has to be a future time where there is another temple standing in Jerusalem. And in those seven years, he's going to deceive Israel for three and a half years. And then he will stop their worship and demand to be worshipped. As God, as if He is God. And on the wing of abominations shall be one who makes desolate even until the consummation, which is determined, is poured out on the desolate. Now, so it has to be the people of Israel must be back in their land, Jerusalem must be back in their hand, and the temple must be standing. Is the temple standing? Okay, good. Because <laughs> the Bible says in 2 Thessalonians, Now brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to Him, we ask you not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled, either by spirit or by the word or by letter, as it from us. Look, they, fake news existed then. <laughs> fake news. They wrote letters as if it's from Paul. And he says, don't believe that. Listen, remember what I taught you. There are things that must happen. Don't mix the order of things. Don't let them tell you. As if Christ already had come. Let no one deceive you by any means. For that day shall not come until what? There has... Look... There's no way the second coming of Jesus, because the day of, of Jesus is the, the, the second coming of Jesus cannot be before what? There is going to be great apostasy first, and there's going to be a, the rise of the Antichrist. That man of sin will be revealed, and the son of perdition who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God, or that is worship, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Believe it or not, the Jewish people will be the temple. It's going to be in Jerusalem. And a world leader that maybe will be the one who will allow them to build the temple, that world leader, maybe for the inauguration of that building, will come and actually enter that building and declare himself as God. He is the Antichrist. He is not the Christ. And he, it's amazing... Revelation 13 follows what Daniel saw in previous revelations that he received. Then I stood on the sand of the sea and I saw a beast rising out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and on his horns ten crowns, and on his heads a blasphemous name. Now the beast which I saw was like a leopard. His feet were like the feet of a bear and his mouth like the mouth of a lion. The dragon gave him his power, his throne, and great authority. Satan has to have some sort of complete rule and some control over this world because God's people are gone. And he will give him power, throne, and authority. 
It's interesting. There will be also the false prophet, which many think could be the Pope. Maybe. But the Bible says, I saw another beast coming out of the earth. That means he exists already. That institution is here. It's not something new. And he says, and he had two horns like a lamb. Like he has a religious appearance. And, and then spoke like a dragon. Hmm. I heard some of the last sermons. And look what he says. And he exercises all the authority of the first beast in his presence and causes the earth and those who dwell in it, earth dwellers, remember that term, to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. So we're talking about a world where there is a political figure, where there is a religious figure, and the religious one is, is basically giving the religious authority or the religious stamp of approval for the world to worship the first beast. Now we're not there yet, obviously. Well, yes, we see a race for one world government, don't we? I mean, look what's going to happen. And now I'm not a prophet. I come from a non-profit organization. <laughs> Listen, but I can tell you, trust in governments now is being lost. Not only here, because of a certain mental capacity of... No, it's all over the world. Go to the UK, go to France, go to Holland, go to Belgium, go to, go to the, the, uh, the Scandinavian countries, go to Israel. We have a new government, the government of change. What a change. Oy oh. vey, we say in Hebrew. Or Yiddish. Look, the world stopped trusting governments. And you know what's going to happen? Go to see what's going on in Australia. What I'm trying to say is that this system of government controlling one country is losing its essence in the eyes of hundreds of millions of people. And they are going to look for something different, something new, a change. And guess what? Before everything falls apart, an introduction to a one-world government will appeal to all of them before we're all out of here. Now watch this. That's not... In Revelation it says, He causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand and on their foreheads, and that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Hmm. We're not there yet. And don't forget the most important thing. Biblically, we are not supposed to be here when the tribulation begins. Second Thessalonians do you not remember that I, when I was still with you, I, I can imagine Paul, the Jewish guy. Don't you remember? In that Hebrew accent. When I was with you, I told you these things. And now you know what is restraining that he may be revealed in his own time. He's talking about the Antichrist. He says, look, he cannot be revealed because something is restraining him. But he says, look, for the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Lawlessness is there from Genesis chapter 3. What is lawlessness? The law of God is being broken and adopted. 
That's it. And then he says, however, he says, only he, capital H, who now restrains will do so until he is what? Let's say it together. Taken out of the way. Something stops the rise of the Antichrist and the complete, the sheer, amazing, satanic rule here upon this world. And it's the restrainer. And if it's the person of the Holy Spirit, the only body on planet Earth that is sealed with the Holy Spirit is the church. Watch this. He must be taken out of the way and then, say that, then he cannot be revealed until we are out of here. Not just out of here, we're not walking, we're being taken out of here. Hey, goodbye. No, boom, out of here. Now watch this. And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan, with all power, signs, and lying wonders, and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish. Because what? Because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. In other words, as long as we were here, and we share the gospel, as long as they rejected it, they did not receive the love of the truth that they could be saved. Then we see, for this reason, see, God is not taking pleasure in sending people to hell. Look, because they rejected, and not only rejected, the Bible says, and they had pleasure in unrighteousness. They parade in cities. Mm. Sensationalism is a big thing that is going on in this world, in the church today. Look, I live in this world. I see what's going on. We all see that governments, that governors, that, uh, you know, bodies uh, such as the World Health Organization or other CDC. We all know that in many ways, in many cases, we know that uh, the, the decisions are not pure, uh, the, 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 the concern for the people. We all know that, okay? But from there, to start sensationalize things, the road can be very short. I'll tell you an example. Somebody concluded online that the tribulation had begun. Why? Because corona means crown, and the first rider has a crown. And I'm like, but Corona was there also 20 years ago. Thank God he did not think that it's the beer festival time. <laughs> now think about it. Listen. They have websites all around. People, Christians are using this as their conclusion. We are in the tribulation. How sad. Because you know what? We look so... Ridiculous in the eyes of, of, of the world. Revelation, we see, it is speaking about a crown that was given to him, but that's not Corona. 
There will be a crown on the head of that rider. Don't take things that way and sensationalize them. It's not going to work. I remember a, a team from America, a media team, showed up in Israel. They wanted to interview me about, and that was in 2017, about the sign in the stars. The sign. Is the world going to end on September 23rd? Biblical prophecy of the rapture predicts the apocalypse will occur on that exact day. They came to interview me. I destroyed their party. <laughs> I said, I'm sorry. But if you know the date of the, of the rapture, you are absolutely unbiblical. No one knows the day or the hour. So I'm sorry, but they somehow decided, hmm, the right constellation of the stars, Revelation 12, great sign appear in heaven, woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under the feet, and on her head a garland of 12 stars. Perfect. No, it's not. How many of you here lived during Y2K? Hello? <laughs> now, tell me the truth. How many of you bought the survival kits for Y2K? <laughs> Take a look at this. Uh, the Y2K personal survival guide. Mm. Wow. See, context matters. We have to be very careful. Some pastors and leaders around the world are hinting that the vaccine is the mark of the beast. I get questions every day if, the mark, if it's the mark of the beast. How can it be the mark of the beast if the beast is not here? How can you worship the beast if the beast is not here? And then they say, it's this beast system. It's a new thing. Beast system. I tried to find it in the Bible. Couldn't find it. But I, I can tell you one thing. iPad, iPhone is part of that system if you go that way. Okay? We must be very careful. Revelation 13 says, He causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark. Where? On their right hand and or on their foreheads. Did you see anyone receiving the vaccine here? <laughs> no. You see, that's what I'm trying to say. We must, we must be very careful. Not to take things out of context. There is the number of the beast, there is the, the name of the beast, there is the worship of the beast. Yes, I know we live in the end. Yes, I can see, I can smell the rise of the Antichrist. The stage is ready. Yes, but remember, in the middle of November, when you see Christmas lights, that means that Thanksgiving is around the corner. The rapture has to happen first. Remember that. Hello? How many of you are victims of the blood moons? Oh. Was I? Have I been attacked by people for that? Man. See, Revelation 6 says, I looked when he opened the sixth seal, and behold, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black and sackcloth of hair, and the moon became like blood. Yes, it's there. But that's the sixth seal. 
And that's not blood moons. It's the moon. Last time I checked, single, not plural. We must be Bereans. Which means, who were the Bereans? Remember, Acts 17. The brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. And when they arrived, they went into the synagogue of the Jews. And these were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica. How? In that they received the word with all readiness and searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. You see, we must search the scriptures, not watch YouTube. Search the scriptures, not round corners. Search the scriptures. And that's when you're ready. When you, when you see that the scriptures, when, when the Bible talks about the return of the Jews to the land in the end times, and you see the Jews return to their land, hello, it's true then. Oh, I don't think they are the real Jews. Who are they, Eskimos? Tell that to Hitler. He knew exactly their names, their address. He went after them one by one. Unless you know what the tribulation is, you'll never know when it has begun. And that's the problem. People cheapen. People, people make the tribulation a lockdown. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Do you know what the tribulation is all about? It's a set of events Considered to be God's judgment on what? Look, satanic host of heaven and the wicked people here on earth also preparing Israel to accept Jesus as Messiah upon his return. That's not what we see right now. And we must remember the difference with the day of Christ speaking about the return of Christ to earth and the day of the Lord speaking about the judgment of God upon this world. We must remember that because it appears so many times. And we must not mix the two. The tribulation is the day of the Lord, ladies and gentlemen. The great tribulation, it has many names, by the way. The great tribulation, it speaks on planet Earth in general. The wrath of God, the wrath of God upon the wicked people. The hour of trial, it's for the saints of that era. And Jacob's trouble. That is, of course, regarding Israel. You must remember that and not confuse those things. The day of the Lord has three layers. First, God's dealing with Satan and his demons. Then, God's dealing with the nations. And then, God's dealing with Israel. Remember that. It's a span of seven biblical years that can be clearly seen through the Scriptures. And according to Daniel, as I said before, it is going to be the 70th week, namely seven biblical years of 360 days each, exactly 2,500 days, 2,520 days. Now, why am I saying that? Why numbers are so important in this case? Because those who say that the rapture can happen in the middle of the tribulation, they actually know the day. Because we know exactly the length of the tribulation. And if it's 2,520 days, then 1,260 days after it begins, we're being raptured. We don't know the day and the hour. You see, understand, even at the end of the tribulation, it doesn't make sense. 
What's the story of God? Bungee jump, taking us up and throwing us down immediately? <laughs> it doesn't even make sense because Jesus went to prepare a place for us there. So why would we not even spend time there? Hello? Plus, we've got a wedding to attend and we happen to be the bride. The day of the Lord, the tribulation is, is described in the book of Isaiah in many places. Isaiah talks about they shall come and pass in that day that the Lord will punish on high the host of exalted ones and on the earth the kings of the earth and they will be gathered together as prisoners are gathered in the pit and will be shut up in the prison after many days they will be punished. You see, the day of the Lord also is in the book of Joel. By the way, the book of Joel is amazing. It's a two-layered description of his time and what's coming later. I don't know if you can see that, but take a look at what Joel described. First, you see, has anything like this happened in your days? He's speaking about their days at that time, 2,700 years ago, or even in the days of your fathers. And then he describes the day of the Lord for Judah at that time. And uh, he, he's saying that in verse 15 of the first chapter. But then Joel goes beyond and he's talking about tell your children about it. And your children tell their children and their children another generation. Speaking of the future, the day of the Lord for Israel, invasion of the locust looking army. Remember, even in, in, in Revelation, we are uh, you know, told about this. You see, this is a different thing that is going to happen in the future and the the, the Prophets of Israel could see it already. It's not something that only the New Testament described. Look at the blood moons. Just so you understand, the next one, you can clearly see that in the end times, look at this uh, set of events. There will be the church age where we live now. We, we don't know, you know um, when we're going to be raptured, but we know one thing. There's going to be that... Um, um, the war of Ezekiel, of course, we can clearly see that there is a set of darkening of the, of this, of the sun. As in Joel 2.31, we see in Revelation 6, we see in Joel chapter 2, Revelation 16, in Joel 3. There's going, they all will start when we are out of here. You see, there have always been blood moons and sun eclipses in the history. But that prophetic set will begin... When we are out of here. What about Jeremiah? Jeremiah talked about the people of Israel. For thus says the Lord in chapter 30 verse 5 to 7. We have heard a voice of trembling, of fear and not of peace. Ask now and see whether a man is even in labor with a child. And I know in America. <laughs> but he's speaking about a real man that cannot. And then look. So why do I see every man with his hands on his loins like a woman in labor and all faces turn pale? Alas, for that day, the day is great so that none is like it. He's saying everything you've seen so far, even the Holocaust will pale compared to that day that will come upon Israel. But look at this promise at the very end. And it is the time of Jacob's trouble, but he shall be saved out. Even Daniel in chapter 9 spoke about it. But then, of course, take a look in chapter 11 and in chapter 12. I would like to go straight to, um, well, never mind. Let's go now to the satanic host that this time will bring punishment upon. 
Isaiah 27 verse 1. In that day, the Lord will, with his severe sword, great and strong, will punish Leviathan and, flee, and fleeing serpent. Leviathan, the twisted serpent, and he will slay the reptile that is in the sea. You see, all those, you know, satanic creatures, all, the, all that satanic host is going to be judged on that day. If that's not enough, what about the nations of that time? Joel 3, Behold, in those days and at that time, when I bring back the captives of Judah and Jerusalem, I will also gather all nations and I will bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat and I will enter into judgment with them there on the account of my people, my heritage Israel, whom they have scattered among the nations. They have also divided up my land. Look, if God is going to punish the nations for hating Israel and, 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 and harming them, how can you even think that a believer can ever hate Israel? And I'm saying that because I have seen enough so-called Christians that are avid anti-Semites. And they are leading churches. In the United States of America, not only elsewhere. And as for Israel, this is the time of Jacob's trouble when Israel as a nation will understand that men made religion and tradition cannot save them. It will fail. When that time will come, Israel will understand our Torah, our, our, our interpretation of the Torah and the Talmud and the Mishnah and the Midrash, our rabbis, our rabbinical, uh, you know, hosts, they cannot give us a solution. Israel, the Bible says in Hosea 5.15, I will return again to my place until they acknowledge their offense. Then they will seek my face in their affliction. They will earnestly seek me. Only when Israel will be in such affliction, they will finally earnestly seek him and not play religion and not think that they can be saved by their own deeds and by their own mitzvahs. And they can, you know, they can be saved by, by salvation, by uh, affiliation, just by being Jews. No. They will have to understand that no one comes to the Father but through Yeshua, the Messiah, Jesus. No one. <laughs> Jeremiah says, as I quoted earlier, it is a great day and it has never, ever been seen before in the history. And this is what I wanted to quote. Daniel chapter 12, verse 1. Pay attention to what Daniel says. At that time, Michael shall stand up, the great prince the great archangel who stands watch over the sons of your people. Gabriel tells Daniel about Michael. Because Gabriel is from the United Nations. He does international affairs. Michael is the one that is for Israel. Now watch this. He says, Michael shall stand the great prince who stands watch over the sons of your people. And there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Everything, all the genocides that Israel went through will pale compares to what this time of tribulation is going to bring. 
But this is the key, the key here. Look what he says. Even to that time, and at that time, your people shall be delivered. But Daniel receives a bomb here. He says, who is going to be delivered? Everyone who is what? Found, written in the book. Mm. Which book? The book of life. Who is written in the book of life? The believers of, in Jesus. Do you understand what he just said? He just said, Israel, in order to be delivered, will have to have its name written in the book of life. Which means they will have to accept their Messiah. So many people don't understand the severity of the tribulation. That's why they call any lockdown and any vaccine or any, they think it's the tribulation. You don't even understand, you're not even that close. The tribulation is in, in terms that I, I don't even have words to describe. I mean, I prepared this uh, chart for you to understand more or less. The seven seals, seven trumpets, seven bulls. Antichrist will rise, false peace, war, famine, death, death of the fourth of the population of the world. Over two billion people are going to die. Earth, heaven, shaken, 144,000 seals, silence in heaven. Then we move to a third of the trees will be, uh, and the grass will be destroyed. A third of the sea life, ship destroyed. A third of fresh water poison. And that's just in the trumpets. A third of the sun, moon, and stars darkened. And if that's not enough, we have demonic locusts that Joel already predicted, not just Revelation. Second woe, fire and brimstones, and, and a third of the people left are killed. Two prophets preach and do miracles. Christ's reign is foreseen, but then comes the seven bowls. We'll have boils. All sea life is destroyed. All water on planet earth are poisoned. Scourging sun will hit the people. They will not even find a way to, to, to find remedy. To, I mean, people will be burned from the sun. Deep darkness, rebellious mankind curses God. Even though they know that he has the power to stop these things. But they will blaspheme his, his name and not repent. Euphrates River dry, battle of Armageddon, worldwide earthquake, Babylon destroyed, huge hailstones coming from above. None of this has happened. All of this will happen. And we are not to be here when it happens. This is the judgment of God. That's the day of the Lord. The good news, the judgment of God on the wicked people here on earth will happen after the righteous are taken away. How do you know that? What are you talking about, Willis? Well, <laughs> 1 Thessalonians 5.9 says, For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. Did you know, did you know, that I read in writings of church fathers from the second century that they already believed in the rapture before the tribulation. And why? Because they already saw the confusion that started in the church then. Irenaeus wrote against heresies. He wrote a book, book five. Read that. But, well, try to read that. <laughs> Amazing. 
This is not an invention of the 19th century. This is not some new idea that we kind of try to comfort one another with. No! This is scriptures and later on already understood in the second century by church fathers. 2 Thessalonians 2, 7 to 8. For the mystery, we read it. Mystery of lawlessness is already at work. We know that the lawless one will be revealed only once the restrainer is taken out of the way. Revelation 3.10 to the, to the church of, Phil, of um, Philadelphia says, Because you have kept my command to persevere, I will keep you from... By the way, the same thing, from, Irenaeus says. From the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole world to test who? Remember, earth dwellers? We talked about it. It will not keep us through... But he will keep us from. And it's so important for me to address that because things are not going to get better. I have the gift of encouragement. <laughs> but I will tell you, you've seen nothing yet. And I say that just so you understand that if you're not stay in the, in the Word. And if you, don't know, you do not hold on to the promise that we have. And remember, He who promised is faithful. He cannot change. Even if we are faithless, He is faithful because He cannot deny Himself. That's the God we serve. God is not waiting for your approval. Do you allow me? To do this or that? No. I always tell people, we live in a world where things have been already seen by God. And thankfully, He sent us an email with an attachment. <laughs> and He's telling us exactly what is going to happen. By His grace. Isaiah 46 verses 9 and 10. I am God, there is no other. I am God, there is none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning. And from ancient times, things that are not yet done. Saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. God, God is not taken by a surprise. The church is not going to lose its, its uh, uh, status as the bride. Just because, you know, there is a, a lockdown in Australia. Or there is some other things going on in, in, in America. Or No. Look, things will go bad and even worse than that. But we are given the mandate to occupy until He comes. We were never promised a garden of roses here. Jesus says in this world. Are you sure He says you, you didn't say it's going to be all wonderful? He said He never lied. To his disciples. And he said in this world. You will have tribulations. But then he says. But be of good cheer. For I have overcome this world. And I want you to know. The hope of the believer. Is not our governments. Well I want the 45th back. You want Jesus. Okay? Trust me, I come from a country that 
their leader was also taken, and now a new government is there. I want to, uh, to <laughs> throw up when I see how they do things. I'm holding on these days more than ever before. My heavenly citizenship, my heavenly passport is ready to be stamped at any minute. And remember, 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 the end times have been clearly foretold. Jesus was so generous with the disciples, he took the time to sit with them on Mount of Olives and to explain things in details. The Olivet Discourse is an amazing prophetic uh, uh, portion in the scriptures. In fact, we are the only faith on, on, that exists in the world that almost a third of its book is about future events. God is not afraid to tell us what's going to happen because our God knows what's going to happen. This is not maybe, could be, probably, possibly. It is a for sure thing. Our life and world events are two different things. World events will happen whether you like it or not. But the decision you make in your life will determine where you will be during those world events. You understand that? Well, I want to be here for the tribulation. Go ahead. <laughs> be my guy. It will be easier up there without you. More room. Why on earth would you want to go through the tribulation? Well, I think that uh, the church must suffer. Really? What for? To justify our, our, our salvation? Is it about us? Is it about how much we suffer so we can say, okay, now I'm worth the salvation? No, you're not worth the salvation. You're not good. Wait a minute, I'm a good person. No, you're not. All have sinned and fell short of the glory of God. God saved you by His grace through the atoning death and blood of Jesus on the cross, not because you did anything good in your life. And it's only faith in Him and in what He did that will give you your salvation. Not anything that you can add to it. And works are a byproduct of your salvation. They're not the, the prerequisite of it. You, you do not have to do A, B, C, D in order to be saved. He did it all. You just need to believe. So, our hope is that very soon we're going to see our King. Our hope, listen, our hope is to see Jesus Christ, not the Antichrist. Remember that. And our hope is that He who promised is faithful. There is, in, for God, every promise is yes and amen. amen. Okay? Remember that. There is nothing that He can ever, ever... Uh, not fulfill if he promised. So had the tribulation begun? Uh, okay. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your promises. I thank you for the clear instructions we have in the scriptures. I thank you, Father, that if we are in your word, if we are good Bereans, we, we will be ready. We will not only be ready, but we will not have our joy stolen. 
We will not have our hope stolen. We will not like, be like those without hope. And Father, through your word, you promised that very soon you're going to send Jesus to the cloud so we can meet him in the air. And you told us, comfort one another with these words. So we're holding on to this promise. We thank you for this hope that we have. We thank you, Father, that we're not destined to your wrath. We thank you that you will take us and save us from that hour of trial that is about to come upon this world. We thank you that you love your children and you want your bride not to be battered woman before she even made it to the wedding. We thank you that you are about to take your bride. We love you. We bless you. We worship you. And we are so happy to know you personally as our Lord and Savior. And we pray all of this in the matchless name of the Holy One of Israel, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Lamb of God, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, Emmanuel, the Prince of Peace, the one who came to die so we may live, the one who has a name that is above all names, the one who is the Lord of Peace, who can give us peace now and forever, here and everywhere. And His name is Yeshua, Jesus. He is our salvation, and only by and through and in His name we pray, and all of God's people say, Amen. 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 Amir Sarfari. Hey, we're going to close in a song. Um, Amir has some books, and you are he, he's going to be at his book table. He wrote a book called Israel and the Church, The Last Hour and the Day Approaching. So let's all stand. Amir, thank you for coming. You can meet him in the foyer at his book table if you would like to do so. Thank you for coming. Can't wait to see you here, there, or in the air. We hope you enjoyed this special service from Calvary Church. We'd love to know how this message impacted you. Email us at mystory@calvarynm.church. And just a reminder, you can support this ministry with a financial gift at calvarynm.church. Thank you for joining us for this teaching from Calvary Church.